0: As an English teacher who specializes in conversation fluency, I feel like there's something I really need to say to all the language learners out there, because there is something that maybe many teachers do not talk about or explain to you. I have I have definitely not mentioned this to many students, but as the years have gone by, I started to actually tell people this secret, for lack of better terms. And what that is, is that the language we often teach as a second language to English learners is not how we actually speak to other natives. Um, And there are many reasons for that. For example, if you're living abroad, teaching English to non-native speakers who don't actually live in an English-speaking country, you want to give them a form of the language that is a basis that will help them navigate general situations and the specific situations that they will find themselves in, but of course, not in native environments. So in this podcast, which is my first ever recorded podcast, I speak with my good friend Dane, who is also a podcast host. You can find him at English with Dane, and we talk about this this discrepancy of the English we actually teach, the goals we have as English teachers, and the English we don't teach, which some people would say is real English. That doesn't mean that we don't try to give you the best capabilities to be able to communicate in English, but it is true as it's not very natural for us to speak to non-native English speakers the way we would speak with native English speakers, we typically do not teach real English. (laughs) We do teach real English, but we don't teach the English we speak with our friends and family who are natives. And I want to talk about that today. So without further ado, my name is Pierre, and this is the Speak with Pierre podcast. Let's get into it. Okay, yo, yo, yo. What's up, man? What's up, Dane? What's up? How I'm, you doing, Pierre? I'm pretty good, man. I have to say, first off, I'm very happy to be doing this podcast. My first podcast, also with you. Um, it's a pleasure. Oh, mm-hmm. it's, I, didn't
1: know, I didn't know this was like your first official episode. I'm, the
0: first episode. I'm honored. That's great, man. I, I was honored to go on your show. So I, I feel like I had to return the favor. I like the vibe. So I'm super excited.
1: Awesome, man. Thanks for having me.
0: So uh, today I wanted to talk about something that I have noticed um, a discrepancy, you know, between the English that we teach and also the English that we actually use, because Mm -hmm. I I have come to a realization that they're very different. Um, And I have had some students tell me that they can understand me quite well. But then when they have conversations in the real world, they have a quite difficult time understanding other people other accents and and different situations, you know So tell me.
1: yeah, I mean, this is I think low key and in, like an eternal mini battle yeah. um, that I have with myself because I'm interested like as as a teacher, I'm interested in arming for like for lack of a better word, like arming my students with the tools to communicate like effectively and also to like be themselves in the language. That's my goal. I want you to be yourself however you are in Spanish. I want you to get to that in English. I don't want you to speak a perfect English because even native speakers don't speak perfect English. Right. Um, But at the same time, I feel like I have a duty or a necessity to, to kind of teach you the conventional first so then we can deviate from the conventional. I think if you're going to do something differently or if you're going to venture into the world of like slang and shortening a bunch of sentences and trying to speak like a native speaker, I think it can be a little dangerous because you won't know the rules that were in place first. I think somebody that, uses slang well knows the rules and is is kind of dancing around them you sure. know and i think it's a very difficult skill to develop unless you've kind of grown up in that language somebody can tell you hey we don't call them movies you can also say flick hey i love that flick and it's like that sounds weird that's a yeah. weird sound but some teachers like to say yeah oh you can say flick instead of movie." And I'm, and my philosophy is like, yeah, you can, but you'll sound, it'll sound weird coming from you. You know, I don't think you would say that in Spanish. Like that's not who you are. So like adopting slang for the sake of adopting slang can be a a slippery slope, which is um, a good expression. But how can I tell my student to not say gonna when they're talking to someone like, yeah, I'm gonna go. Like, they, if you know it's, I'm going to go, and you're consciously abbreviating just, I'm going to go, I think that's cool. But I wouldn't teach someone that gonna means going to without first, like, knowing that they understand sure. going to. Yeah. That, that's I, hope, a- I hope that answers it. I don't know. But it's, it's, a, it's a dilemma that I have all the time. For example, um, if me and you were hanging out, I'd probably just say, you want a beer? Exactly. And I'm just saying you want a beer and that's, that's not a question structure. Where's the do, you know, where like, so people would be like, Oh, but you teach me that. Yeah. But I don't, I don't say that. I don't say, Hey, Pierre, do you want a beer? Or would you like a
0: beer? Sure. Yeah. You know, so
1: there's a weird, there's a weird middle ground there.
0: That is, that is a really, really good point because I guess what you're saying is you have to give people a basis, right? You have to give them somewhere to start and it's better to know the rules and the structure, and then they can begin to play with the language. But that's a great point, just because I recognize that the way that I speak with my friends um, or people with high levels of English, I speak, I don't know if the word is lazily, um, but you know, we have a lot of shortcuts. We don't pronounce things uh, um, all the time, you know, with gonna, or you wanna do something later, or, hey man, what's up? <laughs> you know, we really we really cut the edges to say. Um, so it's hard. I, I but I guess a person has to get a basic level first before they bridge out to try to understand more advanced or yeah, more advanced levels of English, right?
1: Yeah, I mean I would advise against going out and learning all the slang terms you can. Yeah. I think I think it's cool to do as like a, like a, like a study, like, Oh wow. I'm so interested in like the language of it. Wow. Look, they use this word to talk about this. They use this, the word, word can just mean I agree. Sure. Or it can mean, are you serious? Right. If you say something, I'm like, Oh word. It's like, are you serious? And then you say word, like right back. I can, Like a conversation between us can be word, word. And That's- people are like, what are you talking about? So I think you have to stumble upon the slang organically, and then think, "Oh, what's that?" and then accumulate those little bits. Sure. But ah, uh, man, this is you're putting me on the spot because it's tricky. <laughs> you know? to, uh, advising against looking like learning slang is hard because I just want people, I just want people to learn and explore the language and feel feel whatever. People explore the language diff- differently. So if you, so don't listen to me, is what I'm saying. If you like <laughs> slang, go learn all the slang you want. <sighs>
0: I think uh, there's a quote, you know, whatever floats your boat or finds your lost remote.
1: (laughs) Wow, I I knew the first part, whatever floats your boat or finds your lost remote. So whatever works for you. Exactly, exactly. Different strokes for different folks. Exactly.
0: It's not my quote. It's actually from an outcast song. So I'm going to have to going to have to shout them out, right? So, uh, okay. So I want to know one
1: one of the great philosophers or two of the great philosophers (laughs) of our time. I'm a big, big Andre 3000 Mm, fan.
0: Same here all the way, all the way. So, so do you, do you think your students can, can maintain conversations? For example, if you spoke to your students in a very native way or a natural way, would they be able to understand you?
1: Um, I think some of them would, some of them would, but, but not fully I think if if I'm if I'm really trying if I'm trying to speak, let's say um, like quickly and using slang on purpose, I I I think it'll be hard because oftentimes it's not the words that native speakers use; it's just the the rhythm and the mumbling, Mm. right? When you speak a language well, you mumble. You just go like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. Like you don't really open your mouth. When I'm speaking to my students, I'm speaking like this. I'm speaking clearly. Slowly, I'm pausing, I'm emphasizing certain syllables, I'm slowing down, I have this intonation. intonation. So st- for students that are just like in my class or whatever, they're looking at me and I can tell that they understand everything. Yeah. But I think if I answered the phone, for example, in front of one of my students, and it's like one of my close friends, and we're just talking about like, basketball or getting some beers later. I think they'll they'll think like, hey, I didn't get any of that. And sure. that's, there's kind of this, um, I don't want to say illusion, but there are levels outside of the levels that people know. Wow. Right? So like, I think um, as an English student, let's say you're like, okay, so there's like A, A A2, there's B, then there's C, it's like, wow, he's so fluent. Sure. But then outside of that, like not even talking about levels anymore there's so many ways of speaking that i that it just doesn't make sense to think by levels levels are just for exams and stuff but i don't know I, i'm positive that i have some friends that are native speakers that wouldn't be able to pass like a c1 exam just because oh, yeah. they've never done one and they're like uh, kind of confused but, you know those questions can be very tricky and misleading and their english is perfect but they'll talk and I don't know I, I I don't know I think I think if I talk to my friends or or to you outside of this, people will sure. definitely have a harder time. but yeah. that's 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 to be expected, right? The big challenge with a language is understanding native speakers speaking completely freely.
0: You know there theres uh, I have witnessed or I have been witnessing this interesting phenomena that with some of my students who have higher levels that I have longer relationships with. And um, even actually my girlfriend, for example, in the beginning, I spoke quite clearly, I tried to be controlled. And I tried to use a very international English, you know, something that is easy to understand. But over time, with my students who have high levels, and also with my girlfriend, I can notice that I'm starting to speak differently. I'm starting to really smash words together. I'm not Uh, enunciating all the time and i notice it and it's very it's very interesting you know for example you can say i think you just said this um if you want to hang out later would you like to hang out later right hey man what's up do you want to get drinks later but you're never going to say that i would say yeah yo man what's up you trying to get drinks later (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. you want to kick it you want to kick it later dude Exactly. Exactly. but I'm not going to teach that I'm never going to well maybe if they ask but I'm not going to teach that you know yeah it it would it wouldn't work so uh so also yeah it's interesting when
1: you when you start um I think that's really good for your students when you start like um having a, a longer relationship a closer relationship you've been teaching someone for years um you let your guard down and you start to become comfortable because you're no longer just a teacher you're a teacher and a friend and a whatever you know yeah. so then you start to really relax and that and that's when like the real ear training for that student starts you know like because it's it's always leveling up it's always leveling up you know yeah. but hey man there's people you just won't understand
0: that's true I think it's really important to mention this thing with levels, right? So levels, as far as like A1, A2, all the way to C1 and C2, they're a great way to try to measure some aspects of your English, but it doesn't mean that because you have a certain level, you are limited to whatever that spectrum is, because there are so many aspects of a language, including cultural awareness and this is something i feel like maybe certain tests cambridge tefl um these things don't always test cultural awareness in some degree they definitely do but when it comes to use of language or music or jokes um sarcasm you know literature There's so many other elements that you actually may be familiar with, even though you can't always speak perfectly or you don't know how to use conditionals or blah, 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 blah. So when you think about your level and when you think about learning English, try to approach it from different areas, not just writing, um, not just speaking, uh, listening. You know, like when you watch a series, there's so many jokes and there's so much background information that you want to be able to pick up. And so make sure that when you think about your language level, you try to be considerate of all the different areas of how the language is used, you know, including those cultural areas. So, uh, you know, as you are a person that speaks two different languages at native levels, am I correct? Yes. Or is it three? Yes.
1: No, no, no. It's <laughs> very much just two. Um, yeah. I'm from Peru. Um, so mm. Spanish was always like the language we spoke at home and I've lived in Spain for 20 years. So yeah. sp- Spanish is the language. But when I was five, we moved to the United States and I learned uh, English. So like, I don't remember learning English. Mm. I had the, 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 lucky, um, situation that I don't remember even barely. I barely remember, let's say, cause I do remember something. I remember the fear of going to a school and not understanding anything. Wow. Um, But then, yeah, that when you're five, you learn super fast, especially if you get thrown into an American public school. You're Uh, just like, Hey, here, here's a school and you don't speak the language, figure it out, you know, but (laughs) at that age, it doesn't matter. Um, So yeah, I speak Spanish and, and English. And I do, I speak a little bit of French because that's what you learn at school. You know, yeah. like I always had French class growing up, um, but I've never like spoken to people in French. Sure. I speak a little bit. I, maybe that's a lie. I took some Italian in college <laughs> and I understand it a little bit. I can, you know,
0: you and are kind of sewer.
1: Well, I mean, don't, don't hype me up too much. And my girlfriend is from Brazil and we've been together for like 10 years. So I feel like I understand, like, Brazilian Portuguese I understand really well unless I'm watching like a TV show and they're speaking right. super fast and then I'm, I need subtitles but in general when my girlfriend's family speaks or speak to each other I can I can keep up with like ear ear wise but then creating sentences or actually speaking for me is is much harder but that's that's the hard part
0: yeah that's 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 a good point because sometimes when I go to my girlfriend's family's house I think in the beginning, when I first met them, they spoke uh, like Spanish to me quite clearly. But over time, they don't put this effort in anymore. And yeah, man, sometimes they use expressions or they say things to each other where I actually understand um, the different words they're saying. But the meaning is completely lost on me. You know, exactly, man. Like, uh, hey, you want
1: you want to kick it later
0: exactly exactly you know or they'll say something they'll say some expression which i understand the terms but then the expression is ironic or it's an un dicho a show you know so for me yeah. it's like but this is the magic this is the, this is the best thing like for me i learned spanish not in california but here in spain and mostly on the streets at night going from bar to bar you know what i mean or ordering food in restaurants but mm-hmm. i realized i had this huge problem The first time I I went to a bank and had to open an account, you know, I realized, oh, my Spanish is not there or when I have to speak to someone's parents. It's like there's these different levels of the language, you know, so I I find it super interesting. You how long have you been learning Spanish, though? I have been learning Spanish. I want to say I want to say for five years, but I'm going to say something, you know, maybe I shouldn't say this as a teacher. I took one month of Spanish classes in Barcelona And at the time I was working nights, so I really was, I was super tired, you know, finishing work at eight in the morning, going to class at 11. The class was a huge group class and half of the class was like uh, teenagers, you know what I mean? And the other half of the class was adults. It wasn't very personal. It wasn't personalized at all. Mm -hmm. So it was very helpful because the teacher was good and she gave us Spanish that we could use immediately, you know, very functional Spanish. But... I only took a month of Spanish. Everything else I've learned has been through people, uh, uh, language exchanges. I watch cartoons in Spanish, or I, at least I used to. I try to read a little bit, but everything has just been uh, from the ear, you know, sitting on the metro, mm-hmm. listening to people talk and trying to figure out what they're saying. That's really how I learned, you know? I mean,
1: that nothing beats exposure to something, yeah, exactly. right? Not, I mean, you can read a bunch of books and until you, you go out and try to use a language, you don't realize how much you don't know exactly you
0: know? exactly i think uh, yeah so for me i mean now i would love to take more time to actually to increase my level just because after being in a country for five years you start to find yourself in more situations and you need to be able to use m- like different types of spanish you know what i mean different situations if you're speaking to an older person you know with usted or if you're trying to actually speak casually there's you find yourself actually there's a universe you know within the language there's a universe of of situations that that you have to expose yourself to but mm-hmm. um mm, tell me i was i mean
1: i like that you you said universe i mean mm-hmm. i recently i've been thinking about it like um i, I try to like help people like with a vi- visualize like as if it were a map of a world that's like super similar to yours but like a little different always yeah and just like go explore like exactly. i think exploring is 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 a better way to phrase it than like learning i think like with the learning will come with the exploration like Mm -hmm. like you did you were going out to bars you were meeting people you were hanging out you were exploring the language in in essence you know listening to different people talk you're in different situations listening to people in the metro be like oh what an interesting what does that mean whatever write it down as opposed to like learning all the verb tenses which i mean a healthy dose of both is good but i love the it's a universe it's a map it's take take that map and just go 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 explore you know go find different areas because oftentimes i think we teach people a language and then it's like they're not going to really talk like that excuse me they're not really going to talk like that but they have to figure it out yeah you know, sure. you, you have to figure out how you're going to talk to people in, in a new language. Like, it's, it's difficult for me to tell you what person you are in a language, you know, because yeah. like all of my friends speak a little differently. Yeah. Like we have different accents, we use different expressions. Obviously, because we're friends, we have things in common that we use, like inside jokes and stuff. Yeah. And when you hang out with someone, you tend to start to speak like that person, right? But everyone has to explore it um, on their own. And, and, and yeah, I mean, there's, I have no better advice than just go explore and have fun because if, then it's less stressful. You know, I think when people are studying for exams, mm-hmm. it's stressful. Then you're, you're link, you're linking in your, in your brain, you're like linking English to stress, you know, like, Oh, English was really hard at school. Now I need it to, because to get it, I want to get a job and I need to pass this exam. Okay. I'm studying for that. And you associate the language for the reason you're learning it for, yeah. you know, like you, you might have a let's say 15 years down the line, you're living in wherever you're living in Australia and you hear someone speak Spanish, like because Spanish for you was this like journey that you embarked on living in Spain and Barcelona and then Madrid meeting people, a girlfriend, you're going to have such an affinity for that language. You're going to love Spanish. You're going to be so ready to, um, to find new expressions or talk like they did in the South because you're from the South. Oh, I love it. You know? So, I think we have to take the stress away. And oftentimes the stress is related to the goal, not the language itself and not your ability or inability. It's I'm, I have to do it for work. It's stressful. So I don't like it. Uh, I don't want to learn English. I don't like English.
0: Yeah. And then you create a block. No, you create a block. If you have this attitude towards English, I remember one time a person was uh, inquiring about my classes and we were talking and then, the first thing she told me was, I hate English. And I remember thinking, okay, well, with that kind of attitude, it's gonna be very hard to learn because you have a block the whole time. And in your mind, you're probably thinking, I can't do this or I don't want to do this.
1: Yeah, and then and then to you, that's a huge disservice. It's like you're you if if a student comes to me and says, I- I'm interested in in having English classes, I hate English though. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, well, before my challenge was to teach you English. Now my challenge is to teach you English and also not hate it. Like you're setting me up for failure. You're setting yourself up for failure with that attitude. So like, this is, this is not a a good idea. So figure out why you're learning it. You know, like, are you learning it because your friends are learning it and you're feel and you feel like you're falling behind? Maybe that's not a good reason. Sure. I don't know.
0: I think I'm going to leave it off there at that good point point. and I'm, I'm going to say for all the people out there who want to learn a language, try to establish some holistic reasons why. Maybe you want to pass a test, maybe you want to attain a certain level, maybe you feel that you need to improve your skills for work, these are all valid reasons try to stretch beyond those reasons and think about, I actually want to learn the language because I want to feel more comfortable speaking it and I want to be able to connect with people better. I want to expand my possibilities. I want to understand the culture better. I want to move somewhere one day and, and travel. I want to just expand my capability um, as a person. Okay, so... When you set up those kind of goals in front of just the test, the job, or the shame or the embarrassment of not speaking the language, you will go way further and you will feel a lot better on your learning journey. So that was Dane from English with Dane. Check him out. This is Pierre. This is the Speak with Pierre podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for part two. See you later.